Good evening, Patriots. And it is Sunday, July 24th in the year 2022. And on the East Coast, you are now in Monday. I'll hold on to Sunday just a little bit longer. That's good. Patriots, before we begin tonight, make sure you're getting a good night's sleep. And the best place to get great sleep products with amazing sheets and amazing pillows is MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is the Bards Nation's landing page. And there, if you use your promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S, you will find all sorts of amazing savings that you just possibly, you just can't possibly live without. Right now, they've got the classic MyPillow as low as 1988 with your promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S. They have all sorts of great My Slippers with all sorts of new varieties. They even have an unlined version for summer. So you just, you're gonna, your feet are going to be happy all year long. Even in the winter, you can keep them warm. Summer, they're not so hot. And they've got the new all-terrain tread, which is like four-wheeling in slippers. And, of course, you've got six-piece towel sets, and you've got all sorts of other amazing things. I just, I just received, by the way, my print, Lion of Judah print. It's beautiful, and I'm getting it framed. And I also just received my Constitutions. Constitution and Declaration of Independence, another fantastic thing. So you can find all those things at MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards, and you will not be disappointed. And if you want to speak to a real live person, you can call 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939, and a Patriot Pillow Counselor is on standby waiting for you. There is one phrase in the Bible that's repeated 365 times. Do you know what it is? Do not be afraid. And I think it's because any given day in this world, the enemy can discourage you, tempt you, cause you to stumble, even torment you, turn your family and friends against you, take your health, and maybe even your life. But 365 days out of the year, there's one thing he cannot touch. He cannot touch your soul. So fear not, the Lord is with you. Absolutely, he is, and it's fantastic. Patriots, if you remember, Friday night, I read an interesting post. It was a uh, a negative review on Friday night I on Fishers, and it, on, and it was uh, from somebody who was complaining about <laughs> how I was a leader of a cult, and we were all part of a cult, and a particular family had listened to me and they become crazy tin hatters. <laughs> well, guess what? That crazy, wonderful family reached out to me. And so I'm going to read part of the email that they sent. It's really fantastic. What an incredible story. And I called them on, on uh, Saturday night. I gave them a call and we had a great chat. So I'm just going to read this, and I, I think it's it's really eye-opening. And by the way, they consider themselves part of Bard's Nation, so there you go. So it says, I'm the person who left his job December 7th for the reasons mentioned, and my son has decided to follow blacksmithing or leaving the door open for higher education and are looking to, at traveling next year to get him some blacksmithing classes in some of the other states. And by the way, just so I say it, every choice we made to reject the vax mandate, to leave my comfy job, and to basically start over was ours based on lots of prayer, our own research, and independent analysis. 
Yes, we downsized. Yes, it was hard to walk by faith. Yes, it was tough to pay off the school loans while being unemployed. But God's math is not our math. And when we step out in faith to obey his leading, he always delivers. And all this on top of calling out and resigning from our elder board at the local church we'd helped found that went woke and started preaching social justice and promoting critical race theory. And he goes on, he says, but there was more to this story. My last day with the corporation I was with was on Pearl Harbor Day. Everyone I knew admired my courage and regretted the corporation's decision and my departure. So leaving was bittersweet. I loved the people I was leaving behind, but my conscience simply would not let me take the jab just to preserve my job or bow to the WEF's or UN's fiat via corporations. One person said, I'm sorry for you. I said, actually, I'm sorry for you. Everyone who is not getting the jab is leaving the company. Side effects of the jab aside, that means you and whoever remains gets to do our work. I'll be okay. God will provide. And here's how God works. All glory to him. A month later, I got a call from a local friend. That led to a job interview. The interview led to a consulting position with a group of ranchers who are starting their up a new producer-owned beef packing plant. Working with a startup has been an amazing experience. We're making history because rural America is standing up and changing how things are done in the cattle industry. All I can say is watch the news in the next few weeks. Meanwhile, in answer to my prayer, God has provided all the blacksmithing equipment we need. First, a world champion farrier donated uh, an anvil, and then we learned of a pastor blacksmith who was retiring and selling his equipment. My son now has a coal forge, lots of tongs, some amazing custom hammers, a brand new a bandsaw, and antique post vice. He's being mentored by a world-class blacksmith and knife maker. Because we've downsized, I don't need the extra money, but whatever I earn from this project helps pay down the mortgage faster and or to fund startup, starting up a blacksmithing and consulting business. There's a lot more to tell than we can fit into the email, but wanted you to know we're proud of walking the narrow path with Jesus and with you and with the wonderful Bards Nation. Patriots, that's fantastic testimony right there. And that's part of this path that we're all building. See, I, I'm telling you, I, I I love taking my Saturdays off because it really gives me time to just talk to God and spend some time doing that and doing things that are good for me and good for everything else, but just a little time to step away. And I, I won't kid you. I mean, the, there's always a concern when you're sitting in a, a position like this talking every night to a lot of people that you might misstep from the direction of what God's building. And it, it is it is on me, my mind, regularly to listen carefully. I don't know how this world is going to unravel. I don't know if it's going to be dramatic. I don't know if it's going to be slow and painful. 
or if it's going to be some under the table slide of a hand where people don't really notice much because they're trying to minimize the dramatic risk on people as they round up evil and replace it with something else. But this is what I do know is that as we make a decision to walk with God, none of it matters. And it's not a matter of prepping because we're prepping for the end of times. What we're doing is we're filling the silos like Joseph so that we can be prepared to help others and to continue to build out this amazing walk with Jesus to not just talk but to live a different way in this world. I had an amazing talk today with Brad Cummings, good friend of mine. You've he did the he was uh, he did the past, the Founders Bible and he was part of the movie The Shack. And we were talking a lot about this direction of where things are going. And it's really what we're trying to do here ultimately is revive the ecclesia because the problem with so much in churches is churches have become a business model. And in the business model sense, then they have to raise the revenue and the revenue has to support the salaries of the pastor and of the staff and all these other things. And that's a, it, it creates a big burden on the, the teachings of Jesus. Now, I'm not going to tell you that churches can't do it right. I think some can. But my position on the 501c3 will never change. You have to get rid of that and get back to the basics of, of what it is to be a church. But the point of all this is that we're doing something very different right now in this walk that God's leading us. And it's really getting back to the foundations of how things were, which was not being reliant on a particular church, but taking God's word into the world with action and with, with gifts and talents. I love this testimony because at the root of this is a talent, blacksmithing, an old skill, and still an extremely viable skill, an important one, in fact. And it's preserving that. It's bringing it into the modern day. And it's doing amazing things transforming lives. This person's son will have a skill his whole life now. He can go to college anytime if he chooses, but he will have a skill the rest of his life that he will never be at a loss for how to get work. And that's something I can tell you I'm very blessed with because my dad did that for me. When I was about eight years old, I started working for him. And I did all sorts of stuff. By the time I was 16, I was running crews and that I could paint a house from prep to finish on my own. I could clean carpets. I could do commercial level cleaning of carpets. I could commercially clean windows. I could do light framing and I could do sheetrock work and basic construction work. And then later I learned the art of finish. And all those skills, as he, plus it was in my my time, I had to work on my own car too. You didn't get a, you didn't get to get a mechanic. So you ended up with a stack of skills when I left high school. As he always said, no matter what happens, you will never go hungry. And it's absolutely correct. 
And it's become more than that because I became, I later ran, among many other things, I ran a construction company, started it up in Portland from scratch, and I ran it for, I think, I guess about five years, almost six years, and took that to a whole nother level. When you have the basics, they stay with you and you move forward. And I think that's so important what we're trying to do right now because this whole world that we're doing, we're watching them build, continues to be this push towards technology and replacing us. And they and to a certain degree, they're succeeding. Whether we want to admit that or not or we feel comfortable with that reality, the, the truth is that there's a certain su- success in their plan. And I've said this all along. Remember, there's three paths in simple terms. There's three paths. There's the path of the dark evil, and then there's this path that everyone's pushing for right now, which is we're going to restore our country with the Republican Party. But that's still embedded deeply with the military-industrial complex, with AIs, with the Fourth Industrial Revolution, with genetic modification and CRISPR technology. None of that's going away. In that model, it's just like somehow good people start taking it over for good things. And we should know better because man doesn't suddenly become good. And all of that technology really is rooted deeply in the fallen. And it's in the end, not necessary if we understand how to live in the balance with God. In fact, I'd argue even more so that it deadens our relationship with God. I'll give you a a tactile example. When we use our phones, we tend to read quickly. The habit is to bookmark things so we'll come back to them, which we never do. Because we're we're taking in so much skim, high process, and volume of information. And the experience that we have on the phone shapes the way we operate in the world. We become shorter-term thinking. We have less retention in our brains. It's a muscle, basically, that we're not using. And we, we become very quick and, and flash in the pan in our way we live our lives, very much as the digital world works. When we disengage from that and we start taking time to read a paper book, and to have conversations, and to write with pens or pencils on paper or parchment, when we take time to work things with our hands, we start to build a different relationship into the world. And it's a very grounded relationship. The simple act of reading. So if we take reading a Bible digitally or reading a Bible by hand with paper, a paper Bible. The retention and the total overall experience are completely different. You can find things quickly when you're doing a digital Bible. You can research it. You can quickly find phrases you want, no problem. When you're reading from the paper Bible, those things don't happen as quickly, but the process of reading includes your visual. It includes your, your smell because of the paper. It includes your hearing because of the sound of moving the paper. It includes your touch because of the touch of the paper. All of that happens 
in these multiple sensory experiences that ends up embedding the knowledge through layers rather than just through the visual cortex. And in the process, the retention of somebody who reads the Bible is far greater than the person in the physical Bible than the person who lives in the digital Bible. And it's more than just the retention, it's the experience of relating to God through the many layers of that. You don't get the touch, the smell, the feeling of turning a page on a digital space. You just get the words. And the words themselves are a process of interaction. So the world that they're trying to create is very bland. I Yeah, I mean, I think it's... It's, I think I would even argue it's even a bit dull. But that's the world they're trying to push because that's how they can better control people. And that's unfortunately. I want to play this piece here a little off of this direction. I want to dig into something that um, Jack Brasebic published today. And it's, um, hang on just a second. And it's pretty pretty interesting if I find out where it went. Hmm. Maybe I won't. So it's not coming up. All right, so we'll we'll do that. Maybe he may have an epidemic is going across the country. It's been happening for years at this point. But let's just look at the numbers that we've got from this year. Over one hundred eighty, I believe it's one hundred eighty one total, educators are facing charges for child sex crimes in our schools so far just this year, 2022. According to Post Millennial, we've got 153 teachers, 12 teachers aides, and 12 substitute teachers with an average of several arrests per day in 2022. And this is among, by the way, K to 12, K to 12. What are we doing? Why is it that our schools are filled with pedophiles, educators, teachers assistants, substitute teachers, right? This is by, by the way, by the way, I think it was Don, John Dillinger when they went back and asked him, why do you rob banks? And he said, that's where the money is. Well, why is it that we have so many pedophiles taking jobs as educators? It's simple. That's where their targets are. That should be, that should hit home for everybody. And it kind of, parries off of what I was getting at. If we're going to start keep relying on the institutions that they have built, you're not going to have a safe place for a child to grow up anytime soon. So this idea that I talk about a lot where we're, we're kind of waiting on this supposed great moment when all these arrests are supposed to happen and there's a great purge, look, that may happen. I, I don't know. There may be a shift, a global shift. There could be truly some actions that happen that start to snag people and pull them in under arrest. And I don't say that's not possible because there's a lot of things happening right now at an unbelievable and unprecedented volume and pace. But when we talk about time and exposure, the longer that we leave children exposed to these sort of practices, the more long-term the damage is and the harder it is to reset the direction of the nation. And so, again, the two paths, 
which we'll just call for sake of talking red and blue, are very similar because though one is trying to clean out the muck, the timeline on that arc is huge. They're, they're talking in terms of 2024, and they're talking in terms of if they, can, if they can win the election in 2022, going through the whole process of investigations. And, I mean, those are, those are year-long things, especially with Congress, because Congress loves the drama so they can keep everybody engaged and distracted from the other things. When we pivot towards God, that changes instant. That's the beautiful thing. The relationship with Christ is powerful and it can be transformational almost instantly. And then what you're doing is we're building this long-term bridge of exodus. And the farther we go down there, the longer we stay there, the more impossible it is for them to affect us or for us to participate in what they're building which is another version of the same thing. If you consider the magnitude of this, we're heading into a point right now where I believe they're going to try at one point or another, and I don't know who's going to do it, whether I might say that, whether it's going to be the bad, bad, or the other guys, whatever they are, but they're going to try to force a shift in the currency, and it's going to be some form of a digital currency. But there is a group of people of not insignificant size that have been migrating towards being more self-sufficient, less reliant on the system. And the farther we go down that path, the more we work with ourselves, meaning communities that we're building, rather than the dependency on the federal community that they're trying to build or shape us into. So it's an interesting point we're arriving at as a nation because as we are literally walking in God's path, there is an exodus happening. And there's really no interest the farther we go down that path. I would just say, rephrase it, there is less and less interest to participate in what they are trying to force upon us, which means that all of this work that they're trying to do, even trying to reset the nation with new political faces, could very well fall flat on its face because the real engine of change is grounded on that rock of faith and in that walk with Christ. Because that process is a slower process. It's a process, when I say that, a life that's slower, more contemplative, more anchored. doesn't mean it's any less difficult. In fact, I would argue it's a lot more difficult because we're forging a way forward, reclaiming a relationship with God that has been, quite frankly, long lost. It's an interesting time that we're facing and a challenging one. And it's one that we're going to have to continue to pursue aggressively. Let me see if I can play this piece. This is another piece here, kind of another perspective on some of the insanity. So what about climate change? Climate change, are you serious? You, you know what, it's, it's, actually, it's actually an interesting topic and I'll tell you why. If we really gave a shit about climate change, you know what we would do? We would stop filling our baskets and our shelves with garbage that is manufactured in countries with no EPA, no environmentals, company, countries like China, Bangladesh, Vietnam, Singapore, Sri Lanka, India, all these countries, they are hemorrhaging massive amounts of carbon and carcinogens and all that other shit that's just being pumped into the air. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to take 6% of the world's 
total landmass, which is America, and we're gonna wipe out all of our horrible things we're putting in the air. You can't even use fucking hairspray anymore without having the EPA knock on your door. But in India, you can dump gallons of gasoline into the ocean and they'll celebrate you. In China, you can't even see on some days because the industrial smog is so thick. You know what you wanna do if you give a shit about climate change? Don't force me to buy an electric car by cramming high gas prices up my ass. You know what you should do? Stop buying shit from China. Why don't you start with that? Get the fuck out of here. I'm tired. <laughs> I forgot to give that a language warning. Oh, well, I think you got the point, though. <laughs> That's like one of the best rants ever. And it's just so on point, you know. So if <laughs> I better put a language warning on the front of it or something. But anyway, if your kids were listening, my apologies. But sometimes, I, and I'm serious, there's sometimes we just got to let it fly because there is some truth to that that is just raw and pure, right? That is where so many people are arriving, and that's part of this greater awakening, which is so incredible. And it's happening, and this is really God's hand in this. It's just an amazing process. So I'm... I'm in the process, I'm going to finish it tomorrow. I'm in the process of filming myself for a documentary that Mike Adams is putting together. And you'll see it. I'll let you know when it's out. And I st I've been struggling with kind of the location. And so finally, today I just drove my Jeep up on the, on the property, up on the, up on the side of the hill, and I found the location. And why I say this is because I just sat there next to the Jeep. It's not going to film it. You'll see it. And it's just being in God's world. We spend so much time doing the right thing, which is to fighting the information war. And we spend so much time in these spaces that are created by artificial intelligence and or managed by artificial intelligence and created in these digital spaces. And when you're out there, like today, just driving it, clicked on the air lockers, climbed up the mountain, <laughs> had grass seed all over the Jeep, which was awesome. And you just stand there and step out of the Jeep and let the wind blow and watch things just be. There's a perfection in God's world that can never be created by men or man. It can never be created that way. And it's beautiful. It's perfect. And that place is peaceful. We stand out there in the middle of everything we would think is going wrong in the political realms, the economic realms, the, the vax realms, medical, and school. And, you know, if we took a child outside and just let them interact with the world and didn't even teach them anything, they would get a better education than they would anywhere in the world. Any schooling is what I mean by that. Any schooling, formal schooling program. Add to that, like, trade skills. And this isn't about education to get a degree. This is about developing us, growing becoming greater than we could be. There is a great awakening happening here at a very deep and conscious level. And it's, it's quite amazing, actually, to, to witness all this. What do you think the dark forces 
are most afraid of? Is it the collapse of major global and government structures as more and more people realize that what they're being told does not match what they are seeing with their eyes? Perhaps it's the dismantling of the pharmaceutical industry where more and more people rediscover the medicinal properties found within nature and take control of their own health. Or perhaps it's the fall in regulated currency and the fall in fiat currency and the centralized banking system. Or maybe it is the rediscovery of free energy and it proliferating all over Earth where everyone can have limitless energy at zero cost. Or is it the great resignation where more and more people are realizing they don't want to be slaves and more and more people are choosing to exist in peace and joy rather than just survival. Let me tell you something, it's none of these things. What they are most afraid of is our evolution. Because when we evolve, we will become more intuitive, more empathic, more psychic. And what does that mean for them? That means they can't lie to us anymore. This entire matrix is built on a foundation of lies. And when we get to the point where we can see through lies, all these systems will collapse on their own. I think one of the most profound things when we look at this world and everything in it, including one of the things we're using right now, which is the internet, all of this are simulations and mockery of what God put within us. Satan's a jealous beast and jealous deeply that we have literally the breath of God within us. And it's that point, if we really want to be honest, God could have expunged us a long time ago. God doesn't need us. We need God. But God loves us. And in this time, as we're digging deeper into him, what are we gaining besides everything? But we're gaining all of these things. We're gaining deeper insight. We're gaining deeper wisdom. We're not able to be fooled. Honestly, that's probably been there all the, not probably, it has been there our whole life. But in the noise of confusion of things, so many, most in fact, got derailed. And it became important to try to balance God in between paying the credit card bill. Trying to balance God with making sure you catch the nightly news. The most incredible process that's happened, if you think back just four years, five if you want to go back a little bit more, is to think how much our lives individually have changed and pivoted in such a way that we're literally now pursuing a more connected way of living in the world. That is an outcome of where that deeds of evil have been used to God's advantage to bring about good. That's not been an easy walk, and we know that. We have a just a body count behind us of those that didn't want to listen. And it's unfortunate. And we're not going to forget or leave them astray. But right now, this 
torrent of things has to settle a bit and the awakening has to occur at each person's pace. And the beautiful thing is, is as we model this new behavior, this new lifestyle, I should say, not theirs, but God's, there just isn't much that rocks us. There's not much that can because we have a place of fearlessness. We have a place of being grounded and solid with everything. You know, I just, I drove in tonight and my mom was, I have a small bean patch and it's probably, in distance, it's probably six feet by three feet. String beans. And I drove in tonight and she had three big containers full of beans from that patch. And we've been eating off of that patch now for several weeks. That's, that, that's wealth in God's world. As I left the property tonight, I, I looked at the cattle, and they're all together. And the babies are hanging out, and I was watching them. I was on another side of the hill where they were, and as I was driving around, I was watching. They were decided to leave, I think, because I disturbed their, their grazing period. They do that. And as I'm watching them leave, it's, it was just amazing to watch the four young calves just quickly run up and follow exactly as the mama, mama cow was moving. And she's back checking on them, and they're keeping right up. There's just this balance and normalness in the, in the outdoors with humans as a general rule under these types of things that we've been living. We are so abnormal in the world. And that's something that strikes me all the time is how in the proper balance of things, we become stewards. In the improper balance of things, we become square peg and round hole. And everything that has been happening in this world by those masters of the universe, ultimately driven by Satan's hand, is to create a relationship with us to God's creation so that we are the square peg in God's perfectly round hole. And the best part for Satan is how many people will do it to themselves. And always the same thing, the convenience of life, which is ultimately the demise of humanity. Life should not be easy. It should be challenging. And part of that challenge is to master things, to deal with the unpredictability of things, to overcome those, and to always trust in God. Because there's the world that we're stepping into and we're pushing hard into isn't the world where it's scarcity, where we have to struggle with how am I going to pay the bill and how are we going to do that? It's a different relationship. When we truly walk in with God, those worries cease to be there because the trust in God is there and God's math is not our math. Now, I've told you this story and I just recounted it my own, but Last year, we were heading into the moment. We're about a, about a week and a half out from where we are now. So almost, almost exactly a year ago, they deplatformed the ticket sales for Bard's Fest. And Patriots, I'm not going to kid you. I mean, that was a pretty stressful moment when the revenues that had been generated vaporized. 
And I struggled with that heavily for a weekend as literally God put in my heart, make it a donation-only event. And what happened in the next three weeks, to this day, I still can't tell you how it happened. I mean, I, I can see the numbers. I can run the math. But it still doesn't. It's just, it's God's math. Let me put it like that. Because what happened then was just unbelievable. And we created our own ticketing site in 72 hours, which people said was not even possible, and it was done. And I, I literally was like, <laughs> so I can tell you my response. I was like, God, are you serious? Like, make this a donation-only event? And so we did. And it's history in a good way. That's the sort of world where God works most powerfully, where we're not trying to clip a profit out of every single thing, where we're constantly looking at what we do receive from him in whatever volume of how to steward it better, not just for ourselves but for others. And that sort of world is a world that none of us have lived in completely, and yet we're building it right now. That's what's most amazing. And that math, that sort of math of prosperity looks very different. It's a place where part of every equation is just the idea of helping and gifting and using God's resources to push out rather than to, to hoard within. That world is actually starting to be created. And I'm, I can say this with a great deal of joy in my heart that a lot of that's being created within Bard's Nation. That's a beautiful thing. And there's no, there's, there's no rule book on this, by the way. It's not like you sit down and go, okay, well, how do I have a successful business under God's world? The only thing I would say is, Whatever that successful business does, just make sure is a critical component to everything that you bring in that you have a significant tithe going out, but not tithe in the traditional sense of like, well, I need to tithe to this or that, to tithe to those that truly need it. I mean, this is an idea where I'm going to actually use a Marxist term here. It's just the means of production. And the means of production is that which creates the wealth for others, but when when we use our resources to help acquire the means of production for others and ourselves, but we acknowledge that it's God's gift and God owned, that sort of economy looks very different. It's an economy of prosperity. It's not economy of redistribution of wealth, which is the left's view of stripping away by force everything and leveling everything equally. God's world doesn't work equally. I think that's what's always I'm reminded about in nature is it's not equal. And that's exactly part of the life that we're in. But when we live in balance there, it's prosperous. Animals get it a lot more than we do. They feel the loss when they when when a baby dies. They feel the pain when 
one of their own is separated or is, or is harvested, for example, but they don't linger on it. They, they embrace what's before them and they enjoy it. And I'm not saying everyone should become an, start acting like a cow. That's not what I'm getting at. But my point is we tend to spend a lot of time worrying about what is to come rather than embracing what is. And when we really anchor down and appreciate all that is and spend time to acknowledge and thank God for that, wow, we start to really transform the world. Last night I sat out on the porch and I got sidetracked on some stuff and I started to get up and I just stopped and put everything back down and sat back down on the porch and just spent the next 20 or 30 minutes just thanking God for what was before me. That's just those quiet moments when so much is given and so little is said. And it's when our heart fills the most and the perfection of what we see is truly right before us and it's all around us. And we start to appreciate all that is here rather than trying to figure out how we're always going to run. I truly believe that wherever we are, God has us there right now because we need to be there. Whether you're in a city, a suburb, a rural space, whether you're married or alone, whether you have recently lost somebody or not, where we are right now, we are there for a reason. And God has us there. Because after all of these last few years and all the trials that we've been through, we didn't start this by accident and we didn't arrive where we are by accident. And so when we embrace the gift for all that we have, including where we are in the moment, no matter what we have, it's very much in that ending of Habakkuk when he looks around and he acknowledges all the things that may not be the harvest that may not come, the water that may not be there, and yet he recognizes that all in the end, the relationship is truly through the Lord. And it's through the Lord of hosts that we find the greatest fulfillment and the greatest purpose even in times of trial. I hope, there, everybody listening, I truly hope and I say this, I hope no one has anxiety about what is to come. We talk a lot about it. We have talked and will continue to talk a lot about it. And we will continue to look at it, dissect it, look at the craziness of it. But the one pivot that we always have to have is we're on the outside looking in. We are not of their world. We're not of this world. But we're walking in God's world. And that gives us an ability to laugh sometimes, to get angry, which is human, to be frustrated at moments, but none of it to carry on to where we are fearful or burdened in such a way that we feel that we can't move on. There is nothing these people want more 
meaning these elite, these dark elites, than to see God's children strike into a civil war or a global war. And Satan seeks that more than ever because to see God's children slaughter themselves gives great joy to Satan. And I would argue that there was probably a lot of smiles and a lot of joy by those evil folks, especially Lucifer himself, and all the people that by free will took the suicide shot. So in kind of closing this loop tonight, Friday night began with a discussion around a comment made on Apple Podcasts, which was basically blasting me for being a cult leader. And as I said at that point, I didn't have the voice of the other side, but I made the observations that the young man that wrote that, because he said he gave his age, was coming from an optic where he was disconnected from the relationship with God and built his, had built his life on the foundations of money, ladder climbing, and the sort of material wealth that shapes that sort of world. 48 hours later, we've had the voice of the person he was talking about. And the story is very different. It's a joyful story. A story that is anchored in God and the pursuit of a closer relationship with God, understanding that there's risks and there had to be things let go, but never doubting that God would provide. God is our joy. And if you're going to be the enemy, you're going to want to sup- to attack the main supply line that, sup- that feeds people's strength. If you're in a tactical situation, that's going to be ammo and food. But in a spiritual war, the enemy wants to attack those supply lines of joy that God provides. If we let that happen, it's our own fault. Because the joy can never go away if we accept a fearless walk with God. And on the flip of that, if we want to get to the enemy and want to disrupt him, then we have to bring that joy to as many people as we can meet. Because the enemy's supply chain drives in fear, anger, anxiety, and hatred. And if we can deliver new supply lines with joy in the heart, God's joy, we are destroying the enemy's ability to function. Let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight just very humbled. And very blessed for all that you've brought to us in these days. You've given us eyes to see. You've given us ears to hear. You've, you've removed the filters and the barriers for, so we can truly see what was in the dark and what was lurking there that was driving these engines that were causing so much upheaval in society. And in the process, Father, we have learned to trust in you more. We've learned to walk with you more deeply. We've learned to truly embrace a fearless walk 
and we're pursuing it even deeper. Father, tonight we just pray for the many that are out here. We pray, first off, that if there's people that are sitting in anxiety and fear, we just pray that that can be cast aside and to have them be touched by the love of Jesus and all the love that you can pour into them, to have that amazing experience which is transformational in so many ways, to appreciate how insignificant our fears are here and how overwhelming and healing your love is. And equally, Father, we just pray for this amazing group that has risen up and come together in fellowship across the world, that we can continue to keep our eyes truly on the narrow path, not be disrupted by the occasional hand grenade or landmine, but understand that that's the enemy working at trying to disrupt our connection to you and the love and joy that you bring. We pray that we continue to walk with solid feet on the rock of faith, to climb those mountains that seem impossible to climb with the joy of the challenge, not the fear of failure. And as we acknowledge as well those moments, both when we stumble and when we succeed, to embrace that as part of growing up, not with arrogance, but with joy in our heart to do better, to accomplish more each time. Thank you, Father, for all you've given. We pray for your continued guidance and blessings. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Well, patriots, it is a great time to be alive. And there's going to be a lot of craziness that continues. My guess is that what's going to happen here, if things continue, as we've seen in the pattern of the last four weeks or six weeks, we can expect that the next six or eight weeks are going to get crazier. We're watching an old guard lose control of what they thought they had in the bag. They were arrogant enough to think that they could overcome the Lord of hosts. And they're discovering that they're little more than a flea and nothing more. There's going to be, in truth, what we see, there's there's going to be sadness to witness because these are people that are are going to fall and we have to be careful not to tread deeply into the joy of vengeance we need to pray for the enemy we need to do as we as Christ would want us to do as we keep vigilant in our own lives and not become somebody's hand puppet or doormat and that's the vigilance of the warrior but the but the humbleness of the warrior is the greatest weapon that the warrior carries into battle. And that humbleness is always, as Christ would do, would serve a glass of water or wash somebody's feet. And there we find some of our greatest strength. Let us draw from that as we go forward. Let us embrace the days as they are here, not the ones that are yet to come, nor mourn for those that are past. We have to live completely now as God delivers with all of his glory in each and every moment because these days 
are legendary. These days are biblical. And what a shame it would be if we didn't embrace all of it for what it is each and every day. These are the stories that people will tell for a lifetime of those that were here in this time. And just imagine what's where we are. We're part of the story. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep your prayers up in such an amazing way for our nation and for those that are wandering in fear. Let's pray for them that they can find their way to the glory and light and love of Jesus. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war, so let's walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I hope you have a very blessed evening. I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then, or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to the level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now. No
the freeway, let it ease my mind. We run away sometimes when belonging becomes something to find. We always come back to what we know. Keep it close on the cold days, darling. Counting all the ways where you are safe. To hide from the rain